0: Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for The Magicians Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode.
1: Hello and welcome to the Successful Mentalist Podcast. Except hold up, today isn't the Successful Mentalist Podcast episode. In fact, the first few minutes are. But what you're about to hear afterwards is very different. See, we wanted to mix things up because... We recently were contacted by two amazing magicians from here over in the UK, uh, Robbie and Shannad. Young magicians doing a cracking job at running their very own podcast themselves, and they've had some amazing performers, amazing magicians, come on that podcast. People all around the world, people you'd know from TV, your magic magazines, and the stalking that you do on YouTube and Facebook. Honestly, they are doing an amazing job with that and we wanted to feature one of their episodes on here, one very particular episode because it actually has a special guest which you might have heard of in the past. It is, in fact, none other than the incredible Mindset Guru that is Aidan O'Sullivan. So what is it that they talk to you about in that podcast episode?
0: Well, yeah, there we go. It's a, it's really fun. We get interviewed on podcasts uh, an awful lot. We get spoken, of, like asked a load of questions on a load of different things, from creativity to to actually magic in general and and business and beyond. But in this episode, like the real crux of well, even in this episode, we spoke about a lot of different things. But we're we're operating from the crux of what is your vision of good magic that for me was the biggest symbolic moment actually throughout this episode it was the big takeaway and it's something that we really don't think about enough so we spent a lot of time really diving in exploring a little bit about that and a load of other fun stuff as well but don't just think that this is just an opportunity for me we've got ashley green's episode coming out actually next week we wanted to do this as a a back-to-back almost like a double bill of guest interviews so you guys can hear what we're teaching people Aside from on this platform, it's a really great opportunity to just keep that practice going and sharing the knowledge on a wider level. And uh, if you like what you hear and you like the guys, honestly, I said it in the episode, they're perhaps some of my favorite podcast interviewers and they're interviewing some incredible people. So if you like their show as well, do jump over, give their show a follow uh, and, and make sure that you're listening to those every week, just like the TSM podcast. 100%
1: give them a subscribe a listen say that we sent you so we get brownie points and without further ado let's pop into the special podcast today from the mystery behind the magic podcast with robbie and shanad
0: so i I, right i'm cheating by the way i'm gonna tell you this now i'm i'm cheating when i do my magic because again you know my philosophy at this point is what what would this look like for real how can i do this for real so i spend my time obsessing over psychology which is anytime anywhere like i can drop into that at a moment's notice so that's how i cheat but for for the generalized perspective you've got a lot of books and you've got a lot of resources as do we all we all have far too much magic let's uh, let's admit that and you're both smiling in agreement we all we've all got far too much magic but and you know that if you was to pick up a book you'd probably be able to flip through a few pages or a few tricks and, and say oh I, I like this trick i'd love to give this trick a go or on the flip side, oh no, this trick, I probably wouldn't do this trick. Or I don't like this trick. That kind of thinking we need to bring back to mind and, and do that as we're reading the book. Not afterwards, not as we're looking for something.
2: You're listening to the Mystery Behind Magic podcast. The podcast for ever-learning magicians. Brought to you by Chanat Kish.
3: And Rory Stevens. You can get years and years of experience in just under one hour and listen to exclusive conversations with some of the best minds in magic
2: in today's episode we spoke to aiden O'Sullivan about how he got into magic and where he gets his style from um stop existing and the successful mentalist and then we finished off with a quick fire round questions and we also touched a little on self-improvement as well. How did you find the episode, Robbie?
3: Yeah, it was really good, actually. I, Aiden, Aiden was really nice. And we kind of delved a little into kind of why you and I both like magic. So that I, I thought that was interesting to kind of get a further understanding of kind of why I enjoy it and what I want to achieve out of magic and he kind of steered us around that path which was quite interesting and he also talked about quite a few different things that weren't necessarily relating to magic and just about self-improvement in general which was really good mm. so yeah a great episode and i hope everyone who listens to it enjoys it thank you
2: so much for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed this episode Hello and welcome to The Mystery Behind Magic. I'm Chnad Kish. And
3: I am Robbie Stevens and today we are joined with Aidan O'Sullivan. Hello Aidan, how are you?
0: Hello, this is awesome. Uh, You guys are the best. Uh, I really love this. Uh,
2: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Now, let's go right back
0: to the beginning. Where did your love for magic begin? Oh, well, isn't that the question? Uh, That is the question oh god no it really was a a bit of a twist and turn it it took a while to really take form i think way back i was initially getting into magic through two means hypnosis and pickpocketing that that was my things that 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 was what i was interested in so as this like 12 year old kid being obsessed with with hypnosis being able to hypnotize people and and pick their pockets and and essentially steal stuff uh, without (laughs) them knowing uh, all done for fun by the way i must put that out there i realize that this is a recording going to the public it was done for fun uh, and i say it was done for fun it was done purely as a demonstration of how flawed the human mind is okay just let that sink in that a 12 year old child was telling people how flawed the human mind was like that in and of itself was bizarre uh, but that that was it. That was really where I started. I played around with everything. And then uh, I saw some incredible magicians. I've always been interested in magic. I can't really pinpoint the specific. Aha, oh, this was the moment. I didn't get like the, the Paul Daniels magic kit or I didn't watch a specific performer on TV. Uh, their magic show blew my mind. But I think really early doors, I I was interested in magic and, and I found out that you could learn magic after much trial and error i was that kid at the family events that was always like if i make and really concentrate and will the card to vanish out of the deck it just would and would appear in someone's pocket and i hate to be that guy but it's not that simple i I tried i tried and it just didn't work and then from there actually coming into Darren brown uh seeing some of his work blew my mind and that's kind of where i'm at now with the psychological elements of magic and mentalism uh, in particular And that's kind of the journey that's really built up to this moment it's been honestly crazy to say the least
3: one of the things i i thought was interesting when i was kind of looking at your website before the interview was that you kind of have put yourself as the wizard (laughs) how come you decided (laughs) To do that, was that kind of because you like both magic and mentalism, and wizard kind of was an umbrella term to have all of that stuff packaged into it?
0: I mean, I kind. Of, I mean, I just want to say this and, and put this on the record for the podcast. I told you guys ahead of time, but for all of the listeners, these guys are some of the best podcasters like I've met. Genuinely, the oh, the research you. that they've actually Thanks done and and the everything genuinely phenomenal. I want that on the record. Um, oh, but in terms so of much. like the wizard, like oh gosh, that was. I'll be honest. I did it as a joke initially, because I thought, ah, wizard is fun, right? It's fun. <laughs> And, and to, to flip the question, when was the last time you guys met a wizard? A real life, actual wizard. Ooh, long time ago. I used to live next to one. Weird guy, weird guy. <laughs> well, he, he moved after learning about <laughs> hypnosis and pickpocketing, and then, he, and then it evolved. <laughs> but that was it. Like, really, I thought, well, it's a bit fun, really. I had a couple of people like at gigs and things calling me like, oh, the, you're like a wizard, I thought. Why not? It's a bit of fun. And, and it just summarizes who I am uh, as a performer, as a person, as a, as a business, really. Like, I, I'm not that guy that's going to be really formal in your magic business. And really, like, I'm here to have a laugh. I'm here to make you uh, ha- have a laugh as well. It's like, it's honestly so relaxed. And that's kind of where the, the wizard sort of side of things just came in. It just felt natural to to be silly. And honestly, it's the best decision I've ever made. So so do you, people remember your name or just the wizard? They actually remember both. Okay. And and this was really good because I I, th- I was thinking a lot a couple of years ago on how on earth can I get remembered? Because I always see uh, events and uh, at weddings and, and wedding fairs and like everywhere I meet people and I'm performing for people. Most people I, I meet actually when they're telling me a story of a time that they actually saw a magician. Precisely zero percent of them can remember their name, like who the magician was. And for me, that was like a really big red flag. I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to fix that. And so the wizard kind of really, I really pushed onto that then and latched onto that. And now people remember, oh yeah, Aiden, the wizard, because it's just a fun thing. It really, it sticks. So actually, that's one of those really great examples of just by carving out that as an opportunity people now remember remember me and I get gigs booked purely on the fact that I'm calling myself a wizard just last year I had somebody phone me and they said I've been looking around at other magicians because we are playing the budget game I'm going to be fully honest and I thought for a client to actually admit that I was happy so again they they said fully full disclosure we've inquired with a few people but then we came across you and now I had this really great experience in New Zealand where there was a guy genuinely who, who calls himself, he's officially, by the official name, The Wizard over in New Zealand. You can Google him. He's an official guy. Uh, and essentially what he does is he gets a uh, goes to a big open square, like a big market or somewhere, puts a box down, stands on that box and says something controversial and has a debate with people walking by and builds a crowd. And then halfway through the conversation, he flips it up and then argues the side that the actual crowd were arguing with him for and it flips it to really build that debate and communication skills with people in public and and this client was telling me about that full story and he said just how the fact that I called myself Aidan the wizard reminded him of that positive memory and that full experience and he instantly just jumped straight to me and said like right let's we want to book you straight away how, how much just let me know and we'll sort it
3: wow how how do you is, how at gigs how do you go up to pe- people do you kind of introduce yourself as hi I'm Aiden the wizard or is does that come later on
0: so I'll be honest that comes at the end of the I don't call myself a wizard ahead of time and the reason I do that is because is I get the laugh at the end whereas like again I, I always prompt it and and try and get somebody to say, oh, you're like a wizard. And I'll be like, oh my God, no way. It's official. Pull out a business card and it's there. It's cheesy as heck. And I know it's cheesy as heck, but people love it because it feels like an extra magical moment. But in terms of how do I actually introduce myself to people? Here's the perspective. I'm almost six foot five, almost six foot four and a half and, and growing a little bit. So I'm almost six foot five. I'm like, so really tall, I'm really awkward and gangly. And I wear three pieces, like a three-piece suit, nice blue three-piece suit with a big red bow tie at every event I perform at. Well, I say every, for the most part. And so when you walk up to a group as this six foot four, well, almost six foot five, gangly person with this bubbly energy, with a big red bow, people tend to pay attention especially if I've got like a deck of cards in hand, uh, that they do the introduction for me. Like, and it, and it works. It's bizarre, but it works. It just, people respect that. So
2: if somebody isn't nearly six foot five, um, how
0: do they introduce themselves? Oh, now that's a question, isn't it? That's a really good question. Uh, well first of all you grow to be nearly six foot five (laughs) uh, or you say I'm not nearly six foot five Uh, jokes aside I I think for me the big thing that that I always talk to people about when saying approaching people is is don't try and do anything don't really don't try and and get their attention uh, at the quick moment I know there's a a lot of, of magicians and mentalists out there that try and get into a group and do something really flashy and visual just to catch their attention and and for me that's that's a little bit problematic because I don't want my audience remembering the quick flashy tricks that I did. I want them to remember me at the end of the day. And so if anybody was to go and introduce themselves to a new group or anywhere, honestly, it's going to sound like really hard advice, but just go and have a conversation and just be yourself in that moment. Now, I'll admit That's scary for a lot of people. There's going to be naturally a lot of introverted magicians out there that are like, yep, nope, turning off this podcast already. I can't deal with that guy. He is far too extroverted. I'm an introvert as well at this point. It's it's really weird. But that's why I always carry a deck of cards for the most part in hand. Because if I'm just, say, I don't know, doing a really basic card flourish or spreading the cards or springing the cards or, or just doing something to get a little bit of attention on the cards, they're going to call me into the group. Because I'm the magician, not because I'm now interrupted, because I hate interrupting people. This is why I predominantly do stage work for the most part. I hate that professional interrupter kind of thing. So that's why I I bring that deck of cards and I've got that deck of cards there to make people think, oh my God, you're the magician, come on. And they call me in, then I can give them the deck of cards to shuffle or or do whatever you want, whatever your first trick is in that case, and just let them do their bit whilst they're talking to you and getting to know you. And then you can move into your first routine. That's how I found incredible success with that.
3: So, what would you do if you didn't have a packet of cards? Would you? So, if you had nothing on you, <laughs> how how do you go about then approaching mm. someone?
0: Oh, great, great. So, uh, I've got a few qualifying questions just beforehand. First of all, am I still almost six foot five?
3: <laughs> you are still almost six foot five. Yes.
0: Am I wearing a three-piece at this point, or am I just, <laughs> am, I, am I, am I not prepared to perform? Not prepared to perform. Mm, interesting. So I'm almost six foot five and not prepared to perform. Uh, well, chances are it will be very much a case of I'll still just go in and have that conversation, uh, and actually spark up that conversation. Again, you can play this however you like. For me, it'd be very much a case of just going, saying hi, I'm. Aiden, I'm, I'm a kind of magician. Would you mind if I spent a minute with you? The fact that I say I'm a kind of magician opens me up to do the magic or the mentalism. It also means that if they really want to play with it and, and go lean into that comical side, I can call myself a wizard there and then. And it, it just gets that laugh straight up because that's my key. If I can get people laughing, relaxed, or or just feeling like there's a positive vibe immediately, I know that I can just sit back and enjoy that moment rather than having to be like fully attentive, fully like leaning over the cards, really worrying about what I'm doing or, or whether I'm making the pen disappear or, or actually reading their mind or, or influencing which hand they're holding a coin in or anything like that. I, I'm just me, relax, calm, go. That That's it. That's all I'm trying to do.
3: You, so you mentioned the coin thing. Mm. You have a, I mean, I saw it at Blackpool what a year ago now and it's is it's a great routine it, it still baffles me is that is that your kind of go-to trick if you don't have anything on you
0: a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah so for anybody listening who's not aware um i obsess over what i like to call silly magic tricks and they're the, they're the silly routines that just should not be in a performer's uh, show as they're, they're absolutely a most amazing thing. Uh, it's just one of those routines that we just have in our arsenal because we just have it there. So that, that which hand, simply guessing which hand a coin is in or an object is in, for me, I took it and ran. And for, for a bit of backstory, I... I, I love the premise, but and I tried like uh, there's a lot of methods out there uh, that use things like uh, logic puzzles and and all of these different approaches to try and do a little bit of mental arithmetic or liars or truth tellers to try and work out exactly where uh, the objects are. And and for me, I, I tried it and I didn't really get along with it. Uh, and then I hit the world of electronics and and playing around. And again, it just meant that I had to have props. And and those specific props not only are they expensive but they're also really, really easy to lose. So I I just didn't want to take that risk. So I started learning and preparing and and finding out all from the basis of this one question. And it's now the basis of all of my magic and mentalism. What if I could just do this for real? What if I could really look somebody in the eye and tell them exactly what they're thinking, using no magic tricks, using no sleight of hand or or peeks or anything like that, what if I could just look them straight in the eyes and tell them exactly the word they're thinking of? How would that look? How could I do it? And then I backtrack it from there. And and the coin in hand, the witch hand routine is my first outing of that kind of philosophy And the whole routine. It's, it's four phases in this case, and it's all psychology. There's no uh, sort of behind the scenes magic. There's no logic puzzle. There's no trick to it. It really is as clean, as fair as it looks. And that's kind of why that um that, that routine came around. It was my philosophy of magic that informed the routine and as a result it it kind of turned into to quite a quite an event, so to speak. So there's quite a lot of big names that respect this approach and this way of thinking, which again I admire, but honestly, it was just that one question. What if I could do this for real? We don't ask that enough.
3: So could you do that trick then over Zoom? Is that something you do in your Zoom shows?
0: Yeah, it is. It 100% is. Um, in fact, the what I, I did as part of the actual preparing the lecture, so I actually ran the lecture and lectured the full routine over at The Successful Mentalist. Um, again, if anybody listening wants to find that, thesuccessfulmentalist.com. Um, but that entire routine, I actually filmed a version on Zoom uh, of the full routine. And I filmed a version of the entire routine on Zoom and then decided to up the ante a little bit and blindfold myself just to really prove that it's not about looking at anything. There's no like sort of, you don't have to use visual tells if you, if you was to do it for real. So I did it blindfolded without, uh, without seeing that or being there in person. And it, it, again, very different dynamic but totally doable and now it is in every uh every zoom performance i do every every talk that i do for the most part i, I tend to open or or close with that uh, just, just because it works at the end of the day and and it really i'm not doing it because it's a cool trick okay and i want to i want to make that really clear i'm not just doing it because it's a cool trick i'm doing it because it appeals to my presentation what i really want my presentations to look like and it applies to my philosophies of good magic for me good magic is as real as pure as it can get it's that moment where i can just have fun have a laugh and just be so present without the audience trying to think about how it's done because i tell them how it's done yet it's still fooling. and that's just kind of my my approach does that make sense as to as to why yeah. i'm doing it because it, that's more important than the trick why i'm doing it yeah yeah absolutely
2: so do you recommend people to find a, a trick they can always rely on um, improm- impromptu that they can always do if somebody asks, can I see a trick?
0: You know, I don't know, if I'm honest. I, I'm really not sure. Um, I, I think we should always, as magicians, like we are supposed to be able to do magic right we're supposed to that's what we're trying to tell ourselves unless we're pitting ourselves as the sleight of hand artist or or something very different that is reliant on props as a as a general thing we are the magicians or the mind readers like i've seen uh, gigs and performers at gigs uh, and other performers on their zoom shows and things that somebody's asked them a question of like oh can you read my mind and honestly the response was oh let me just grab my deck of cards or Oh yeah. uh, Oh no, I don't actually have anything on me or I can't do any magic right now. I don't have any tricks with me. And it's like at that moment, that's for me, that's a big red flag because if we're trying to do magic, are we, are we doing magic or are we doing tricks? I was literally having this conversation with a coaching client this morning. Are you trying to do tricks because your tricks are fantastic or are you trying to do magic? And that's the step that if you really want to make an impact, you really want to actually see the level of transformation in Uh, not only your performances but also your audiences you've got to look that step beyond in my eyes like you have to try and work out what can you do in that moment that would make something so magical and i'm not saying much you if, if they've got a coin with them literally learn the french drop if you have to and if they've got a coin or a small object just make that vanish but make it vanish in a good way really really build that magic up. So again, this is why I'm saying, like, I don't know if you should have something to always be ready and always go, because that will become too quick and it might not feel right. But if you have an arsenal of, of principles or toolkit of, of methods that you can go into if the situation is right, then you can slow it down or speed it up, depending on your character and make that decision of, right, okay, um, yeah, I, I honestly I wasn't expecting this. And usually, if you want to take that, you usually bring a deck of cards. Maybe this is a good way of doing it. Like, oh, I, I usually would. Um, I, I'd show you a card trick, but I actually don't have a deck of cards right now. So let's do something better, and then go into a, a, like even a French drop or something like that. Because you've you've premised it and you've set the premises. Let's do something better. They're more le- they're leaning in more. They're they're more excited about the moment for the most part. Than, than if you just bought out a deck of cards and went straight into your ambitious card routine or your 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 mind reading with cards or, or anything like that. So it's really building that moment. So again, to answer the question, I don't know. But I don't think it's worth not doing.
3: How do you build up your toolkit? Because I I have loads of books on my bookshelf. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I flick through them. But I think most... Most of the books I have have either card tricks or you have some kind of preparation with gimmicks. Are there any specific things and techniques, like books, which have those things in them, which you can then utilise when someone says, can I see a trick? And you don't really have anything on you.
0: So, I... I, right, I'm cheating. By the way, I'm going to tell you this now. I'm I'm cheating when I do my magic because, again, you know my philosophy at this point is what What would this look like for real? How can I do this for real? So I spend my time obsessing over psychology, which is anytime, anywhere. Like I can drop into that at a moment's notice. So that's how I cheat. But for for the generalized perspective you've got a lot of books and you've got a lot of resources as do we all we all have far too much magic let's uh, let's admit that and you're both smiling in agreement we all we've all got far too much magic but and you know that if you was to pick up a book you'd probably be able to flip through a few pages or a few tricks and, and say oh I, I like this trick i'd love to give this trick a go or on the flip side oh no this trick i probably wouldn't do this trick or i don't like this trick that kind of thinking we need to bring back to mind and, and do that as we're reading the book not afterwards not as we're looking for something i was talking to my, my good friend timon Krauss, a fantastic magician he was actually uh, talking about the purpose of books and things and he said this quote and it it genuinely changed the way i look for new material and it's quite simply that you go to your bookshelf for information not inspiration. You go oh, to there, yeah. you go there for information. You go there for a method. You go there for a trick. You don't go there to to find a good opener. You don't go there to find your toolkit. Instead, you go there to find the how too and, and the presentation and the little subtleties. That's what you go to that bookshelf for. And in terms of building up that toolkit, I, I'd probably start with the question of like, what do you actually want to be known for as a magician? What, do you, what is your vision of good magic? what what does that genuinely and can I ask you guys that right now? I know that's on the spot and a very big question, but like what is your sort of thoughts on good magic and it can be different this is the key
3: I, you can go first
0: good magic is
2: um um, um uh what's it called no, I think good magic should just be giving a spectator um an experience that they've not had before. Or, or surprises them, and they don't know where it would lead to. Because a lot of people have seen somebody with a, de- like a deck of cards, they pick a card, they find the card, it's on the top. Free magicians do that. And let's say you're trying to get hired as their magician. You're not going to stand out. So actually, good magic for me is just something that stands out and, you know, that has your personality in. And what frustrates me, which is, I think, band magic, when you watch a YouTube video and you copy their exact words, exact words. And, like, I think, especially for magicians, it's incredibly easy to tell who is doing that, especially if you're having a conversation with them before, because how they speak totally changes. So it's your personality, your pattern that you've thought about. So people do actually know that, Okay, this guy or this girl has spent loads of time on this or just time on it and yeah just something that surprises and is entertaining
0: Hmm. I love that
3: yeah I, I think for me that's probably kind of the same thing have it kind of I don't want to go up to people I mean you mentioned it Aiden where it's kind of like you talk to them first and kind of have it integrated with you. So you're talking about something and then you use magic as a way to develop what you're, you're saying and provide a strong... Have I just cut out there?
2: Oh, it looks like Robbie's went offline. Oh, this Where did you lose me? me? Can you still hear me?
0: I can hear you both yeah. loud and clear. We're, we're, Robbie, you just disappeared. Uh, is that that's your vision of good magic? The the suspense <laughs> and not knowing where it's going. He did it in ac- exactly what he was talking about. He just did on the podcast. That is Amazing. the sign of a good magician, Robbie. You rock that. I know it was definitely not intentional, but take it as a win.
3: Okay, after a technical thing, we're back. So I'll try and address of what was the question if I can remember kind of my train of thought so it was kind of magic's for me I like it I've kind of been thinking about it a lot where it's like I want it to be integrated into what I'm saying specifically and i I, I don't want loads of little kind of tricks which aren't Good. I, I want the strong pieces of magic which I know will be good and help, and I've scripted and actually can leave a lasting impression into what I'm saying. And I, I think one of the things I thought because I, I really like self-improvement books, and I know and you do too. Mm-hmm. I, I I always kind of think it would be quite cool to somehow link magic to that i i still haven't found a way in which i want to do it but I, I that's definitely something i'm trying to aim towards because it's something i'm really passionate about and if i can have magic help then also maybe give the audience a new perspective so then after they leave it doesn't just it's not just one moment it's I mean, I think we were saying it before the podcast, having something that's exponential where it's like, if you give something to them, then it can actually make them better. Because I think that would be something quite good where the magic isn't just a, a single piece. It's something where afterwards they have something which it has helped to improve them.
0: Mm. I love that, and and I think what's really interesting here is that again the question like what is your vision of good magic? There's no right or wrong answers to that. There there isn't a right or wrong answer. I think there are a couple of wrong answers if I'm honest. I think there are a few hmm. uh, to say the least. Uh, but but I think between you, like you've shared these different points. So in terms of going back to that original question of of building a toolkit, of, of how do we actually go to build a toolkit? Like we've got all the books. That's the information. But what the the actual inspiration is that vision of good magic. So now your toolkit uh, in this case, each of you have got a different toolkit. One of you like maybe prioritising that element of surprise and the the uncertainty as to what's going on, whereas the other might actually be looking more towards actually driving that message home through magic. Now you've started to find your toolkit. French drop, for example, is the French drop going to be the 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 best? thing to help drive home a message in and of itself maybe not maybe not maybe you but that again now you know it's presentational that's going to do the damage there Mm. and on the flip side uncertainty and not knowing what's going on the french drop might just be the perfect thing because you can hold your hand closed for as long as you like and that uncertainty is going to keep them on that edge is it going to vanish is it there What's going to, is it going to change into something? Is is a dove going to fly out of his hand? What, what on earth is going to happen right now? And that's how, like every single tool, every single principle, every premise, everything. And ultimately for me, I just pick what I enjoy. Like I love psychology and doing it. That's my background for lack of a better uh, sort of lead in. That's my background. I love the psychological stuff and actually seeing psychological techniques work. So that's how I pick my toolkit. I do what I enjoy and represents my vision of good magic.
2: How long do you think people should spend on actually trying to incorporate their hobbies or something they're interested in? Because sometimes it's much harder than other times. So do you think if if people don't know how to include it, do you think that it would be a good idea to focus on that as soon as possible. To have that, or what? Or what do you think?
0: Hmm. Well, I think it, I think in and of itself, hobbies, interests, passions—all of these different things—they're not only uh, good things to have. Just flat out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go big and then dial it in. But then, not only are they are they a good thing to have, but they're a necessary thing to have. If you, if you don't have uh, uh, hobbies, a selection of hobbies or interests or a couple of things that you find that fuel you and energize you, uh, that, that's actually going to be fairly detrimental for the most part. You need this interesting. And for some people, it might just be watching TV. It might uh, it, it, like specific types of TV shows and others. It might be uh, movies, but other people, it might just be learning sleight of hand in magic and magic as a, a, an entity. Maybe that's one of your hobbies. Maybe the other is playing music. Maybe the other is is studying XYZ or reading and self-improvement. Like all of these different things are really important uh, just for us as people. Now, I won't bore you with the, in and, uh, the ins and outs of the psychology and the studies behind that. But if you have these driving forces and these curiosities, you're actually going to be keeping motivated. Neurologically and physically, you're going to be keeping up that motivation. So whether you actually embed them in magic or just... Keep those hobbies as existing individual entities. The fact that they're there is actually contributing to other things. And creativity overall happens when there's lots of information and lots of curiosities and that opportunity for your brain to piece together pieces of uh, information and look at things in new, in new and different ways. So whether whether you want to embed them into magic or not, I, I don't think that's that's the question. I think the question is what are they and how are you chasing those hobbies and passions does that answer your question
2: it does yeah 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 to focus on them as well yeah and i think a lot um i think quite a few listeners um who are on the younger side maybe don't have other hobbies they've just been focusing on magic and they really like that and that's what they feel like they want to do do you think that those sort of people should try and go out to see what they like or just you know they they might not even go they like it they might just like history in school but they might not recognize that at first so do you think it'll be a sensible idea to get like okay i like this this and this and actually that can help me in my magic
0: I'm going to preface this by saying that everybody, regardless of where they are are in their their career, their entertainment, their their magic journey, or, or life overall, the biggest takeaway is that you should never stop learning. Never stop learning. Because the second you stop learning, you actually start regressing. You start going backwards. You see, our minds are wired in two different ways. They're either growing or dying. That, that's the way we that's the way we kind of grow. We're either learning and growing and improving and absorbing new information and moving ourselves forwards or because we, we, we can't get stagnant we, in our minds. We can't get stagnant with all of this stuff. If, if we're not practicing a piece of sleight of hand and we don't practice that for 20 years, it doesn't stay as good as it was 20 years previously. It goes all the way back to much worse, and much further. You might not even be able to get halfway with that piece of sleight of hand. So never stop learning is, honestly, it's the it's the one thing that changed my life. And even if you don't have other hobbies or other interests right now, and you don't want to go and try and get others, just find ways to actually learn more about the one hobby that you have would be my suggestion. And, and just ask more questions. It's really as simple as that. If I open my, uh, a magic book or I get one of you guys to open up a magic book and, and tell me an a, a insight or something that's shared in that book, I'm definitely going to be asking questions back because that's not only going to solidify the learning and and that information obtaining process, but it's also going to help everything else in that I'm getting better at magic because I'm asking more. I'm finding my feet. I'm, I'm working out where I need to go and what my vision of good magic is, because that will change. It wouldn't surprise me if, in a maybe a year's time, uh, between you, like all, th- well, maybe even all three of our visions of good magic, get switched and jumbled around, and suddenly we've all got each other's and not our own anymore. And that's okay because that's part of the learning curve. That's part of the actual process. So, regardless of where you are in that in that magic or mentalism or, or ju- that overall journey of life, if you if you don't stop learning, you're moving forwards. So whether you have that hobby or not, it, it really does. I would encourage everybody to go and find more hobbies, definitely, uh, just because it's fun. Life is fun when you when you have an interest in more than one thing. Uh, but equally, if you're just devoted to just magic, there's always more to learn. And that's the key. That's the real key.
3: What's the most... Well, how would you say you can learn more efficiently? Because I, I feel if you can speed up the learning process it it helps so are there there any particular things you have in mind on how to do that
0: i mean we can take this in a million one directions right now but i let's ask the question and and i mean i'm curious to hear your responses when was the last time that you guys actually learned how to learn Uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you're you're younger than me, right? You're younger, so you're you're typically of the age and around the age of learning. But when was the last time you actually learned how to learn? I'd say probably maybe
3: two two months ago. I read a book called "Make It Sit uh, Make It Stick: The The Science of Successful Learning," so that was. But then I haven't really done anything since then.
2: Mm. I'm going to look much worse than Robbie, probably (laughs) in year six.
0: (laughs) But this is right. I mean, either options are completely valid. I mean, Robbie, you've already prefaced this by saying that you're interested in that personal development thing. So you've probably already done a little bit of that work. But for the most part, think of a if you want to look at it, say you get to age 40. And the last time that you learned how to learn was in year six. That in and of itself is a crazy aspect. That's so bizarre to me. Now we can learn in a bunch of different ways. Like I I could easily sit here and teach you how to, uh, a couple of tips to speed read if you wanted to get through information faster. Um, But fun fact, you don't need to speed read to read 52 books in a year. In fact, if you read, if you've got the average reading speed and you take the average size of the average book and you pair those together and you give yourself about 40 minutes a day, to just read you're going to get through a book a week on average which again is 52 books in a year on average and that's before we apply speed reading now i spent a month training speed reading uh, and to actually just see what it is and i'll be honest speed reading has changed my my overall life but when i started that uh, month challenge i was reading at 286 words per minute and on the outset the final day of the challenge i was at 1100 words per minute wow (laughs) that's crazy which is which is crazy right but the thing here is that most people will think oh yeah but how much of that will you remember and the truth is i'm actually remembering and retaining more information at the 1100 words per minute than i was at the 286 words per minute
2: that's crazy that's amazing
0: but the, the key to all of that is that I actually focused on learning how to learn. So I can I learned the speed reading elements. And actually, it's the same as um like if you speed something up, you have to put more attention to it and you have to put more focus to it, right? If, if you're going at 100 miles an hour driving down a road and you see that there's a corner, you have to be really careful to go around the corner as you're going to fly off the side. But if you're going at 20 miles an hour and that same corner is there, I'm not saying don't pay less attention because you should be paying full attention. That was a terrible metaphor for for (laughs) realisation. But you get the point here. Like You can afford to spend a little bit less concentration because the consequences aren't as big. So actually going back to those meta skills, like picking up books and and learning how to learn, like like you mentioned, Robbie, pick up a book and learn how to do that. Study speed reading. F maybe what you really want to do is you really want to actually spend a bit more time with memory work, you can go and study. Like Harry Lorraine is a fantastic resource for uh, all like magicians and, and anybody looking to improve their memory. Head over and look, look at some of Harry Lorraine's work and, and actually train it up. But but the key is just that awareness of what do I actually need to do to start learning better? And then look at the skills there, Those those meta skills, those smaller hidden skills that we don't really address. If you like reading, read 40 minutes a day. You've got 52 books by this time next year. Like, what would you, honestly, if I could read an extra 52 books a year, I would be happy. Think of all the tricks. Think of all the methods. Think of all the presentations. Or if you're into the personal development, uh, as, as much as I am, I'm obsessed with it. Think of how different your life would be. Speaking of reading books, specifically
3: magic books, how do you read them? Because I feel like sometimes I read them quite passively. I don't I don't kind of practice the tricks. I mean, if there's a good trick that really resonates with me, then I will. Do you what do you tend to do with that?
0: That's a great question. Um, I think everybody's got um, different approaches and different ideas. And in fact, over our uh, over on our podcast, the Successful Mentalist podcast, we actually spent a couple of episodes. I can't remember the numbers right off the top of my head, but we spent a couple of episodes looking at how to actually learn, how to learn magic, how to practice magic. We spent a month on that topic. Um, but for me, when I actually read magic books, I think f- the real key is to fully understand the author's perspective and I I tend to read magic books cover to cover making a few notes as I go along uh, for things that are interesting and practice if I need to but for the most part I just read the book cover to cover get used to what the author is saying and then jump back to chapters that particularly stood out if there's tricks that particularly stood out or essays that particularly stood out I revisit those because now I've got a bigger understanding of how the author actually thinks. Because if I if I wrote a book right now and, and told you some of like the tricks that I do and I gave that to you, you might have a half an answer as, as to understanding why I do certain things like that, because I've told you in this conversation, this is my approach to magic. Unfortunately, a lot of authors actually out there don't tell you their approach and their vision of good magic at the start. And sometimes they do, and it's in the introduction. We all skip the introductions because, uh, yeah, again, smiling right there. Yep, yeah, there we go, busted. Uh, we skip the introductions and jump straight in for the tricks for the most part, and, and have a learn and go from there. But honestly, that's that's how I kind of read them. I I, I don't not read it multiple times. I, I read first to get inside of the the author's heads. Uh, the irony, a mind reader getting inside of another another mind reader's head. That's quite funny. Um, But that's it. I I read it cover to cover, get inside of their heads, understand their thoughts and philosophies of magic a little bit better so that I can then jump back to the bits that stood out to me and then have a play on those. I can then practice them. I can then adjust them and put them in my repertoire, take out the bits that I liked or, or it might just be something as simple as like a line. I I see a bit of script that I particularly resonate with and I, I can take that out and I know why they've put it in there. But again, the key is asking those questions.
2: Yeah, that's really great. And um, we had Chris Wardle on, who co wrote um, Creating the Impossible Methods uh, for Magic with James Ward, uh, to talk about that book. And um, he said um, that books like that, when it's that he would read those sort of books just cover to cover, but. Um, Tricks like where where they books that have tricks in, you'll just see what looks good and you know get go like that. So why do you? Because it's going to be different to everyone. But why do you read it from cover to cover?
0: Yeah, I think I think primary primarily it's because I I want to understand more or as much as I can about the individual tricks or, or the individual that's actually going there. I, I want to try and understand it as best as possible, because as soon as I know why they've done it that way, I know what I can change to do it differently, or, or if I agree with that. And sometimes it's those hidden philosophies and those hidden approaches that will make my magic better. My magic is, again, I, I'm, you know what I do at this point. I spend uh, at least three months working on a new routine using pure psychology before I even consider tricks. But that doesn't mean that the tricks are invalid from other people because that's where I'm applying their little thoughts and philosophies and embedding that into my work. That's why I read it from cover to cover. uh, And also just because I know if it sits there and I read one page at a time or whenever I feel like it, I probably won't finish the book. So uh, if I'm going to read it and I'm energized to read it, as soon as it lands in the post, it's open. I'm reading that thing cover to cover, getting it done as quick as possible. Uh, and also because let's be fair we all like learning a couple of new tricks so that's that's kind of why you've you've mentioned
3: the successful mentalist a few times in the podcast so i was wondering if you could kind of give a,
0: an overview as to what it is please 100% uh, thank you for asking i mean we, we call ourselves the successful mentalist, and we realise that sounds like we're just working for magicians, but or oh, mentalists, sorry, but we are working for all magicians. And in fact, our big mission statement for the entire business is quite simply to improve the quality of life for all magicians across the globe by 2040 through the delivery of transform- transformative techniques and, and all of the other resources that we're sharing across four dimensions, business, mindset, performance and the new one health because health doesn't get talked about or spoken about enough in the entertainment industry uh, specifically physical health but also mental health as well like we've just been obliterated in the past year through the pandemic and everything right now and there's a lot of performers who have who've taken that on and and it's it's been really tough so actually bringing that in that's the four pillars of tsm and and that's what we're working for so we train up magicians and mentalists to actually improve each of those four dynamics in a way that they can actually enjoy and have that improved quality of life overall rather than having to just do magic uh, every waking hour around their full-time job because they can't get the gigs they want because then they have to do more Uh, it's weird it's a bizarre set of situations that we're faced with as as magicians and mentalists but that's that's what we do that's really our our mission and we've got that uh, the podcast the successful mentalist podcast that's available pretty much everywhere and every week um we're actually twice a week now we're actually sharing episodes and information on business mindset performance and health to try and bring that information to you um but that's it that's what we do that's that's the mission
3: why 2040 is the goal
0: it's it's the conversation went like this when and, and this is the true fact the conversation went like this When do we think it's reasonable to have improved the quality of life for all magicians across the globe? When do we think that that's actually going to be possible? I've no idea. Should we just pick a number? Yeah. How does twenty forty sound? Yep, that sounds great. Let's whack it in in there. (laughs) Job done. That was it. That that was pretty much it. Uh, But it's long enough for us to actually commit to that. And I hope what what is really clear is that because we're so passionate, myself and Ashley Green, the co-founder and honestly brilliant performer. What we're actually trying to do and trying to share is that we're in this for the long haul. We didn't set up a business to make a quick buck and and, and profit our, and sell tricks or anything like that. That's not our game. Honestly, you go to any other um, magic company out there, they will smash us in the face with tricks because they're they're the best at that. Instead, what we're the best at is actually combining everything to make performers better as people. Um, but yeah by 2040 it's a big enough goal Uh, it's long enough there to show that we're in it for the long haul and uh, it sounds quite cool it's better than uh, 2037 and a half isn't it like
2: let's be fair (laughs) it so sounds well rounded and um by the way to our listeners if you want to check that out we'll have that in the um in the show notes below so you can go take a listen to that if any of that sounded interesting um to you but yeah it's it sounds like a great podcast and why did you decide to start it
0: now we started uh, at the time of recording this it's just coming up to a year ago we started the podcast really as a, uh, an opportunity to just share our thoughts because myself and Ashley we're obsessed with the the personal development and and bringing in all of these different elements into entertainment and into a magic career and and basically just trying to do the best that we possibly can. That that was what our obsession. And we thought that other people needed to know this information and, and hear these experiences for themselves because we were getting a lot of questions. So we thought, why not? Let's just join together and actually run a podcast uh, and, and actually share that information, ask the questions that people are asking and also answer the questions that people aren't asking because that's the real key. Uh, and again, health is the big one. A lot of performers aren't actually paying attention to that or as much attention as necessary it's not really spoken about in all of the all of the magic facebook groups uh, here there and everywhere like honestly it's nowhere yet it's the most important pillar of your entire life so again that that was why because we knew that there was a a gap there was a question or a set of questions that weren't being asked and now we're asking them
3: alongside the successful mentalist you also have stop existing which is quite similar with the aims to the successful mentalist i guess it's not aimed directly towards magicians but it still has 2040 as the kind of a, a good point to go for do you when? want to know that conversation?
0: That that conversation, yeah, yeah, picking, picking 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 the twenty forty for that one. So that's my other business. Uh, I actually help coach and teach entrepreneurs uh, and people looking to to actually make money through their own businesses um, and and actually do it in a way that they're offering value out into the world. That that's essentially what I do over there. And again, the, the name stop existing. It actually comes from this uh, idea that most people, and I believe this as a philosophy is that most people are just passively existing their way through life. They're just copying what other people do, the systems of the world. And I'm not saying everybody needs to be a rebel, but I, I am saying that people don't question reality enough and they don't question the the systems enough. For example, you take this really clear, obvious uh, approach of, well, education. We start from education and from the age of zero, specifically in the UK here. You take the age from zero to early 20s really 18 to sort of early 20s in education in that education system you go from there into a job for 40 to 60 years so that you can then retire and enjoy the last maybe 20 years of your life you you do all of that work to maybe enjoy the last 20 years and there was a study in america that actually looked into this stuff and, and the study actually showed that people living into retirement the average average like lifespan into retirement at the time of that study was just three years oh wow so that 20 year stint where you're you're much older you're you're worn out you can't do all of the things that you used to do well you've only got three years of it to actually get. and for me that was just jarring so that full system I, i just i didn't resonate with personally and i know that there's a lot of people out there that don't resonate with that and and i've given it to myself as what I call a a, a big mission. It's a massively transformative purpose. I learned this from Stephen Kotler and Peter Diamandis, actually having that big purpose. And and for me, one of my three big purposes is to give life back to a world that is just existing. And and stop existing is my first attempt at that, right? So it it really is there. And and to answer that point of the 2040, where did the 2040 come from? I was sitting here thinking, let's put the big mission together. When should I do it by? Ah, there's a big goal over at the Successful Mentalist for 2040. Yeah, 2040 sounds like a nice side-by-side. Let's pop that one in there. Uh, Uh, Job done. It's as easy as that. Business does not have to be difficult. So
2: there you go. That's amazing. That is such a great note to end the podcast. Before we go to the quick fire round question, that is, thank you so much, Aidan, for sharing everything you did with us. It's really really interesting and we'll have uh, both of those linked in the disc in the show notes below if you want to check out check it out which highly recommend you do um but yeah to finish of the podcast let's go to the quick fire round questions what's your favorite deck of cards
0: oh uh the dmc alphas 100 percent the letter deck gorgeous
2: if you could
3: only keep one book in your room, because I can see you've got a bookshelf behind you,
0: what would it be? Wow. Um, It would probably have to be uh, Transcend by scott barry kaufman he's a psychologist it's a psychologist it's not a magic book um, but it's a it's a book uh, the new science of self-actualization by uh, honestly fantastic book genuinely uh, scott is fantastic literally interviewed him just yesterday for the tsm podcast but honestly everybody should read this book it's not a magic book but it's the best book in the world
2: oh wow if you could meet any magician past or present who
0: would it be and why i'm gonna i'm gonna choose the cop-out answer that everyone knows but at this point it's got to be Darren brown it has to be he's he's such a big inspiration behind me getting into magic and everything that i want to do like it would just have to be uh honestly i just think he would be a great guy to just sit and have a cup of tea with
3: if you could only perform one piece of magic for the rest of your life what would it be
0: do you guys want to answer that one for me I think it's got to be the the coin in hand, the which hand, just because it's fun, it's quick, it's silly, it's quirky, it's it's me all over, and it appeals to my philosophy of good magic.
2: If you couldn't do magic um, or mentalism, what would you do?
0: I'm I'm cheating because I coach people right now, so I'm I'm going to imagine that that goes away with it all. Um, but I'd probably get into music. I'd probably learn to really create music i'm obsessed with the piano and i love listening to music music is the the biggest driving force behind everything that i do um on a day-to-day basis um so i'd probably do something musically whether that's learning creating or, or just I, I don't know but that that would be the route i go if i wasn't allowed to coach or do magic
3: self-improvement's kind of been a theme for this episode throughout so what's the Best way, well, a tip to start improving now and to truly start living:
0: ask more questions, get curious. Honestly, when you start questioning everything, whether it's uh, in a good way or a bad way, like when you start questioning everything, you're naturally opening up your mind to seeing the world in a new way. Honestly, that's that's the big thing: like asking questions and never stopping learning. is it if you're not scheduling routine time to learn that's the key but honestly asking more questions every single time get obsessive over that and honestly it will it will be such a game changer
2: if you could be a real wizard what would you do
0: i like to think i am a real wizard if i'm honest Uh, i like to think and i think i would do exactly what i'm doing right now is am i allowed to say that or is that cheating completely
2: no that's fair enough
0: yeah If you forgot
3: everything you knew about magic, mentalism right now, and you had to go about relearning it, what would those first few steps of relearning it be?
0: I'd talk to people, first of all, and I'd find out what they like about magic. What is magic to, to audiences? Get that feedback in. Because when you know what that feedback actually is then you can start building something that people actually want that would that i'd find out what people thought of good magic was and then try and find ways to learn that whether that's through the 21 card trick or a, the french drop or or a piece of the mind reading like which hand or something I, I would find out what people actually want and appeal to good magic and try and find a way of doing that first and always get feedback and keep growing from there
2: and what piece or um what advice would you give to our listeners
0: if I was to give you anything, uh, it's to uh, make sure that you're listening to every episode of this current podcast because yeah. this podcast is awesome. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, genuinely, uh, that that was the moment I was supposed to plug the TSM podcast, wasn't it? That I messed that up completely. <laughs> but on a, both podcasts, just listen to podcasts, everybody. That's all you have to do. Just stay listening to podcasts. And uh, yeah, that's great. But hey, I'm I'm a guy that prances around in a three-piece suit and a big red bow tie that's almost six foot five that calls himself a wizard. So take my advice or leave it. Honestly, I do not blame you either way.
3: That's the best way to end the episode. Thank you, Aiden.
2: That that is. Thank you so much for coming on the um, episode. And like mentioned before, we'll have all the things that I said will be in uh, the show notes. That will be in the show notes. Uh, But yeah, thank you so much, Aiden, for coming on the podcast. And thank you for
0: sharing everything you did. We really appreciate it. Oh, honestly you guys are awesome as I said you guys are fantastic hosts and, and everything like you're doing right now is is fantastic so oh, thank, thank, you. You for, thank, thank you for thank you so for much. inviting me thank you so much hey it's Aiden here I hope you enjoyed this episode if you did it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player that way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non- creepy way Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called The Magician's Business Group, and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there. Or just pull open Facebook and search for The Magician's Business Group.